Welcome to Legends of Tabletop. This is Jim Pinto. Hi, Leah. Hello, Jim. Thank you so much for joining me on such short notice. I saw the opening graphic for your newest project, and it's very intriguing, very exciting to me. Can you please share more? I can. I, it's funny that you saw this. I post about 100 a year, so I, I don't know what you're what, – we haven't talked in over a year, right? Yes. It's been a while. So I've done a lot in the meantime. Um, this one's called Salt. I came up with this, I don't know what I say, about maybe eight, nine months ago. Um, and I have I wanted to make a, um, it started with a dream. I had a dream of this woman with two guns flying through the air in a Western shooting. And I said, I want to make a high action Western game. And then I realized I'm really bad at high action. I need to make a dramatic game out of this. And so the first play test was action and it didn't work, of course. Um, cause I was trying all this new stuff with initiative and everything else. And so I, uh, I started working on a dramatic community based game. Um, and it, about two months before the show Godless even showed up on Netflix, I knew I wanted it to be a community of just women where there's, uh, all the men are gone and there's a, a mythological reason why the men are gone and yet set that in a Western setting instead of, a fantasy setting and then sort of make it close to earth, but not exactly earth. And so it's been growing out of those ideas. And so I had hired somebody to help and they didn't do anything really. Uh, and Rob and I, Rob Vox, he's a friend of mine from way back in my uh, nascent days of game design. And he's looking for something to do. And I said, what do you think of this? And two nights ago he said, okay, yeah, let's do this. And so we're back on it after it's been sitting around for a few months, not doing anything. That's just wonderful because I, uh, so you're saying this is more drama than action oriented. Yeah. There'll still be some fighting in it, but it won't mm -hmm. feel like five foot movements and. Roll for initiative. Of, yeah. Yeah. There'll be none of that. It'll be a very cooperative fighting system where everybody just takes a turn and you'll fight until it's done, until you feel a natural place to stop and say, okay, we're done fighting. This We've seen enough. Dungeon World does that a little bit. I've got a game called Carcass that already does that. So it's a, it's a system of combat I'm more comfortable with. And I learned that from the early 90s, a game system from Better Games for Good Guys Finish Last, where you just sort of play through the combat until you realize you've reached a natural conclusion instead of keeping track of every hit point. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, so this has been stewing in your little brain for the past eight months now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I always have ideas going. I've got 20 games on the back burner, you know, things like that. I think I jumped the gun and ordered art too soon, but oh. I have 70 pages down of material and world information and there's going to be magic in the game, but it's not going to work the way people expect magic to work. Um, and I'm just trying to, I'm finding my way through it sort of organically this time, instead of, 
I know exactly what I want. I'm going to make it this way. And I just start writing. So this one has been uh, a little bit more laborious, but not in a, not in a bad way I, where I hate anything I'm doing, but I'm certainly taking a different route to the conclusion. Okay. Well, I mean, I, just from the cover art that you said, that, <laughs> you know, you may have ordered art too soon. Right. Well, Nah. <laughs> I'm really nah. proud of that piece. I like it. Uh, Nagy Norbert, he's a friend of mine, lives in Romania. Um, he's, he does so much work for me because he's he, he has the same kind of work ethic. I mean, he just, as soon as he gets an assignment from me, he grinds on it, gets it done. And so I really like working with him. He's uh, And he really pushed himself on this one because his, his work can sometimes be a little stiff. And this time he's got a flowing look to the piece that I really appreciated that I wanted. Yeah, I mean, it it just kind of blew me away. That's why I was like, let's talk about this. I, uh, again, I, I did not expect to re receive a response from you for so soon. Otherwise, I would have been better prepared. And I do apologize for not being as well prepared as I normally am. <laughs> I, I'm stumbling through the answers too, so I, it's it's fine. I don't know what um, <laughs> I don't know what what you would normally ask people at this point. I think people traditionally make games where I have stats, I have hit points, I have an armor class, I have a movement rate, I have skills, and they can talk about how their system works in comparison to other systems like that. Mm -hmm. I don't even make games that operate that way. So to talk about what I'm doing. You, you just have to shift gears so much to play something like this because everybody's sharing and telling the story. Everybody's successes and failures affect the community. Yes. So the things that you're, you're doing, when you decide to pick up the dice and do something, you're not just making a decision for yourself. And that's where I sort of liked the idea of making sure that the game was all about women, that the characters were all feminine. Because when I'd done this before, uh, and I, feminine, I, feminine is the wrong word, I think, when everybody's... Uh, has that sort of consciousness, that collective consciousness that you would see from from this angle of a story. Um, I'm doing the game differently as a result. So even if it's five men playing at the table, they're all going to be playing women who are trying to fix the community instead of going out and killing things to get more experience points. Yeah, so it's not so much about strong arming to get what you want. Right, right. Okay. Um, and it also addresses, did you ever read Why the Last Man, the comic book? It it was a comic book about every man on the planet dies except for this guy and his monkey, uh, oh. Yorick and his monkey Ampersand. And I always appreciated some of the arguments that uh, Brian K. Vaughn made in the story about because we live in a society where men do the majority of the heavy lifting work, if you will. They do the, most of the decision making um, when those people all of a sudden are gone, things like planes just plummet from the sky, things like electricity don't work anymore thing, you know, and to explore what he was saying, some of his feminist arguments in that piece to explore that from my own perspective, because I'm not necessarily, I'm egalitarian, but I'm not necessarily a feminist. I want to see, I want to see women and men be equal because we're equal. I don't want to see men and women be equal because we have to have this feminist argument about equality. We just are. Let's just get there and yeah. stop having to make an argument as to why it should be that way. And so when I made a game like this, I wanted to demonstrate, well, what happens if the women, there's no man to blacksmith anymore in the towns? A woman's got to do it now. What's she going to do? How is she going to learn that skill? How long is it going to take for her to catch up to where that community should be? And so the game takes place six years after all the men are dead. 
Oh. And so the players are having to pick up and sort of make sense of their lives when something big and horrible comes back. And I don't want to give away too much because yeah. a lot of that could yeah. change. Yeah, but I also there's a lot of hidden mystery in the back of the book that explains why it's named Salt and all this other stuff. So um, okay. I feel like I'm rambling now. No, no, ramble away. <laughs> this is excellent. Um, so, oh gosh. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sitting here looking at a list of just canned questions that I do have. Uh, that I mean, I, I could just ask you those. Ask me canned question number four. Canned question number four. You have the power to create one perfect TV or movie adaptation of a video game story. Oh my what God, game do you pick? Oh, man. Uh, that's a great question. I really, really liked the story in Mass Effect 1 and 2. I did not like Mass Effect 3. I don't think a lot of people did. But I think that would make some great sci-fi for television. It would. Um, that I, I or, agree. Yeah, that or maybe Assassin's Creed. Just the, the first game you could turn into a great five season TV show. Yeah. I mean, I know that they tried to do the movie, but uh, yeah. it, it wasn't that well received. Nope. And Prince of Persia would have made a good TV show, but the movie was also awful. So Yeah. But speaking of bad reviews... What's the most gracious response to the rejections and setbacks that you have faced? What are career? the, what are the what? What's the most gracious response? Oh, I just posted it on my wall on Facebook. Ah. Uh, a woman played one of my protocol games and I, I, uh, she said it was essentially the best role-playing experience she'd ever had. And it changed her outlook on how to do design because Ooh. she'd been working in one vacuum and now she had seen how the way protocol works is it's like writing a movie script. Mm -hmm. You're sitting down and writing out a, a story in 16 pieces. So you're hitting all the important beats of that story. If I told you, you have to play a D and D session in 16 scenes, it would change how you play D and D. Yes. And the fact that she sat down and did this experiment of playing protocol and getting into character within five minutes. Cause you make your character so fast. Um, yeah. I have not met this woman. She played with a friend of mine and they gave me a, she gave me a copy of the screen grab. And I think that that was really complimentary. I really appreciated that, that feedback. I, I, I think it's more important that she got something out of it, but it's the, it's the nicest compliment I think I've gotten. Excellent. Now what's the, what's the worst response that you've gotten? Oh, I had somebody tell me that I ruined D&D &D because of a book I wrote years what? ago. Yeah, I just, I don't know how I could ruin D&D &D from one book. But yeah, that's the kind of trollish, uh, ill-thought-out yeah. review that I got once. Oh, I, somebody gave me, I have a free PDF on DriveThruRPG called Mjolnir. It's based on Thor's Hammer. 18 pages, art, bunch of stats for Pathfinder and 3rd Edition, bunch of information about the the history of the hammer that people didn't know. I went and really researched it, all of this. Oh, I went yeah. back through some of those anthropological uh, essays that this woman had wrote about where the hammer came from. And it was probably originally an ax, but it was the Christians who turned it into a hammer for the purposes of rewriting the Asa. And yeah. so it's free. It's 18 pages. It's got a nice cover. 
and somebody gave me a bad review because it had clip art. No. And I thought, this is a free PDF. It doesn't even have to have art in it. You yeah. can do whatever you want with this information. And I got a bad review because it had bad art or oh. clip art. Well, I must admit that in some ebooks and in some like more recently printed books, the lack of good editing that has affected <laughs> right. my and uh, proofreading that's affected my reception of the work in question. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure you understand where I'm coming from. With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, what's the most agonizing career decision you've ever had to make? I think um, I didn't want to put it. There's a game I put out called NM156, mm -hmm. and I didn't really want to do it. I, uh, I, I'd been sitting on it for years, the, the game mechanic idea, and I knew it worked and it was fun to play, but writing it was going to be a chore because it plays so weird. And a bunch of my friends looked at my notes and they said, no, no, you should publish it, you should publish it. So I put it into a Kickstarter bundle with a bunch of other games. And then when I needed help finishing it, none of them were available and they all just disappeared. Aww. And so I had to put out this thing myself that I didn't even want to make in the first place. And mm -hmm. so when you read it, it's really choppy. It's, it's not my best work. And I regret, I regret making it. I regret the whole thing. I really wish it was just a pile of notes still sitting on my desk. Oh, man. Jim, the one thing that I do admire about you is that you are so prolific. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that you are probably of the school and kudos to you for releasing that anyway, because you never know what's going to hit the vein of what people want. Right. You know, when you do that and, and you're just out there doing it anyway. And, and that's so awesome. It, it's the re yeah it's thank you i don't know what to say other than thank you i guess um it's it's tough because i will tell people look one bad review isn't going to change your career when you're a hundred books into your into the hobby at the same time i hate even one bad review so i'm not taking my own medicine and um i need to really just accept that that's a blemish and move on but i'm already working on a new edition of it to fix what i didn't like about this one Okay. Ever onward. Now, <laughs> speaking of, how do you like to hit the reset button after a terrible day or a bad experience, much like the one you just described? Uh, I okay. I'm going to tell a funny story. Mm -hmm. um, I Carcass was two years late. It was. It's the biggest. It's it's a great game. I'm not disappointed that it uh, in the game. I'm disappointed how long it took me to finish it, and I lost momentum and all this other stuff. I told myself when I finished it, I was going to drive to go get an In-N-Out hamburger. I live up in Seattle now, so the closest In-N-Out hamburger is ten hour drive from here. Oh gosh! So I actually drove ten hours to go get a burger. That was my reward for Carcass. I don't think that that's a typical reward, mm -hmm. but usually I. Um, I think the reward is I just get to move on to the next thing, to be honest. Um, now that Carcass is done and my previous Kickstarter is done, uh, Fantasy Omnibus Protocol, um, I just started working on three more things. And Rob and I are sending each other notes, and I'm talking with artists about images for these other things. And so, yeah, my reward is that I get to do the next thing. Fair enough. 
Now, uh, moving on to another canned question here. Uh, what's the first musical album you ever bought with your own money? Uh, uh, LP or 45? Ooh. That's how old I am. Yes, I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, let's go with LP. LP would have been Rock and Roll All Over by Kiss. I was eight. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't like it as much as Detroit Rock City um, Destroyer. I think Destroyer is their best work. Okay. But uh, that was, I, it had big, bold art on the cover when I was at the record store. Music Plus on mm -hmm. Whittier Boulevard. I was eight years old. I w w walked up there, and that's what I bought with my money. Awesome. Steve Vibe, Passion and Warfare, little tape. <laughs> at walmart yay nice, nice oh man what album can you listen to all the way through without skipping a single track uh okay nobody's heard of this but it's fate's warning a pleasant shade of gray it's a 65 minute long one song Ooh. so it's broken up into 12 chapters but it's all one thematic piece um and so yeah i can listen to that from beginning to end over and over again Without fail. Uh, Rush Permanent Waves, I can do that. Um, Rush Signals, I can do that. Uh, yeah, and of course, Moving Pictures. But I, I think my, yeah, my favorite would have to be A Pleasant Shade of Grey from beginning to end. I'll listen to it once a month. Okay. Now I know I'm stepping into the territory of questions you have been asked in the past. I see. But have the answers changed? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see if my answers Yes. Answers. Uh, video game or tabletop? Oh, tabletop. Okay. I had a feeling. Uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, or for those that like neither of the previous selections, Dune. Oh, Dune, of course. It's the. the <laughs> oh, we're talking about the book or the movie? The book. The okay, book. yeah, the book. Yeah, yes. greatest science fiction novel ever written. I mean. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, hands down, I have to agree. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, why? invisibility. Invisibility. Okay. Yeah. Right. Peeping on people. Peeping on Whoa. people in their private time. Oh, I think that goodness. that goes back to, I think, uh, prepubescent fantasies about power, right? You yeah. just, you can't ask anybody a superpower question without them thinking about it when they were 12. Because that's <laughs> the first time you asked yourself that question. Mm -hmm. So I, if I, as an adult, I might say teleportation because I think that that's interesting mm -hmm. and, but yeah. Man, I, I'm going to have to go with, with Laird Barron's answer here. He answered the power to heal uh, and, and with as much relations <laughs> with advocacy for medical stuff, it, right. it's just power to heal. Yeah. And, I didn't even think of that. How selfish of me. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, too. It's like, oh, gosh. I, yeah, because, I mean, I was totally self-centered as well. Yeah. But, yeah, Marvel or DC sticking with the, uh, with the graphic novel theme here. Uh, DC makes better graphic novels. Marvel makes better day-to-day -day comics. Okay. Like, yeah. I, but I don't read either anymore. So mm -hmm. I don't remember last time I read a superhero story. Same here. So uh, I'll say this. I think I'm the only guy that hasn't enjoyed any of the Marvel movies. I think that they're fun, but I don't think that they're good. Yes. I don't think they hold up to any kind of scrutiny. Yeah, that's true. Sci-fi or fantasy? Fantasy. 
Okay. Now, why is that? Let's delve uh, deeper. I think I, I like the idea of people solving problems with their wits instead of technology. I think that that's really what it comes down to. And I, which is funny to say, because my favorite character class is always a wizard. Ooh. I was like playing a wizard with weird spells at his disposal. But um, I think when you get into sci-fi, your, your, your solution methodology is always your, your equipment list. Yeah. And when you get into fantasy, your, uh, and at least I'm speaking in the context of games. Yeah. I think with fantasy, you're, you're dealing with, you're dealing with your own character's strengths in the context of the world. True that. Now, what job, if you were offered it, would make you immediately drop everything that you are doing right now to say yes to? Uh, art director for the Vampire Collectible Card Game. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my dream job. I've, uh, I've always, I offered to do it free once. I said I want to art direct one set for free. Oh, my and gosh. Mary, I don't remember Mary's last name. She was in charge at the time, and she said, I do that job. You're not getting that job. I once had, oh man, I'm trying to remember that now this is the, the vampire CCG, like White Wolf way back in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I once had a leather jacket that had, oh, I'm trying to think of what card it was, spray painted the graphics, uh, not spray painted, but airbrushed right. on the back. And I, I can't remember what that card is to save my life, but I loved it. Yeah. It was the scowl and she had two two guns crossed. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think I know what the piece is. I don't remember the name. But. <laughs> oh, man. Memories. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. still have an unopened box of starter packs for Jihad. Oh, it's sitting man. around. I'm waiting to use them with a bunch of friends who haven't played or haven't played in a while. And oh. we'll just open them and play right from the box. Oh. <laughs> man, that... That it that would be an experience for yeah. sure. Now now I'm just frantically searching to see do I have any other other canned questions that I haven't added to the list of canned questions? Oh, <laughs> oh. now what did I have listed for? I'll ask you a canned oh, question. Yes, I'll, ask I'll me. Ask I don't know how many people ask you canned questions, so I'll ask you uh -huh. canned question. If you could live anywhere else but the United States for a year, and it can't be Canada or Mexico, yes. uh, where would you live for a year? Oh, gosh. Mm. Where would I live for a year? Probably New Zealand. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think I it would be beautiful there. And, I mean, since it's an island, I, I, would, I, I, don't, I don't know because I've, I've never been there. Yeah. So... I, I don't know how I'd feel. I, I know that it would be lovely, absolutely lovely until it became normal. Right, right. So, oh, let's see. I think I've already asked you, how did you make, how did you make your first dollar? How did I make my first dollar? Yeah. I, uh, I think I worked on a construction site with my uncle as an electrician. He was an electrician. I did all the wire. We were, uh, we were building a house from nothing. So all the studs and everything were in, but no drywall was up yet. So I was running all the wire. I was 14. I think he paid me five bucks, 10 bucks at the end of the day. Wow. That's how I earned my first dollar. No, I don't think you asked me that last time. That's a good okay. question. 
What song would you like played at your funeral? Oh, a really long one so people can't leave. I think something, <laughs> something 20 minute epic. So they have to sit through the whole thing and it's all uncomfortable and awkward because they want to go. <laughs> oh man. Now what's, what's, I think I just asked you this. I'm not sure, but what's one thing that you are exceptionally good at? Well, I hope I'm exceptionally good at writing games, but, okay. uh, uh, other, I'm actually, other than games, I think we all know you're really good at writing games. Um, I'm an excellent motorcycle writer, actually. Okay. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. So Yeah, so how long have you been riding motorcycles? Uh, I've been on the back of a motorcycle since I was four. Uh -huh. I've been riding by myself since I was 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I'm, I, I probably love motorcycles more than video ga than games. Wow. Now, what are you really bad at? Uh, being patient. <laughs> I'm okay. really bad at being patient. I'm really bad at, um, I'm really bad at dealing with people who don't want to learn. Mm -hmm. So if they show up to a game and they ask questions and they won't give me the opportunity to educate them and get them into the flow of what we're doing, that's, that frustrates me beyond. Cause I used to teach, I used to be a teacher. And I left because I just couldn't handle students that didn't want to be there. And I think the same goes for every aspect of my life. If you don't want to be at a game convention, why are you at the game convention? If you don't want to learn new games, you can play D&D &D at home. You don't need the convention for that. So, that's right. yeah, I think I'm, that's a subset of impatience. But that's something I'm really bad at is putting up with people's willful ignorance. Hmm. That and, oh, oh, man. I was just getting ready to ask you, oh, <clears throat> silly brain. It comes and it goes just so quickly. Um, I preach I, that age now. I'll walk into a room and forget why I walked in. What yes. I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think the internet has done that too to our brains. Yeah. Shortened attention span. Yeah. Yeah. Shortened attention span. So, um, oh, what one work have you done in the past 10 years that you are the most proud of? 10 year limit. Probably Black Monk. Okay. I, and I, mostly because it just came out of nowhere. It was unexpected how good it would become. It's unexpected how much people would gravitate to it. Because I made it because I wanted to make it. I didn't make it because, oh, this has dollar signs written all over it. Um, and for it to do as well as it has financially and for people to respond the way they have to it, I haven't heard a single bad thing about it. Um, awesome. So and I remember speaking with you about that. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things we talked about. That was the Kickstarter, I believe. That you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was part of a Kickstarter and then I kickstarted it again by itself oh, with, wow. with four more books. So it's taken on a life of its own. If I could turn any of my works into a movie, that'd be the one. If somebody came to me with a lot of money and said, here, that you could add that to your canned list of questions. If somebody okay. came to you with money for a movie, what would you? What IP would you prefer yeah. to have? <laughs> Which of your IPs? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think it would absolutely be Black Monk um, because okay. it, it asks questions that I've never seen a role-playing game asked before. So okay. I, that's, that's what I'm most proud of about it. Even though it started with just some bad descriptions from Warhammer fantasy that I'd stolen for character classes, 
um, it had grown into something else. I eventually I added to them and made them something else, but I just needed something for play testing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that it grew from that into something out of a, out of a Neil Gaiman graphic novel, I'm really proud of that. Awesome. Now, uh, how many, how many separate IPs do you believe that you may be sitting on right now? I mean, it just out in the world that are already out that I'm not making. Yeah. Oh, well I have 200 products on drive through RPG. Wow. But I don't look at all of them as IPs. Okay. Um, I don't know, maybe 50. Okay. We'll say 50 different things that either are an IP or could be easily grown into something unique. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I'll just make generic fantasy and mm -hmm. then I'll have questions built into the game that will build the world uniquely for you when you're playing it. But uh, other times I have a game coming out where you play crows, but the crows are connected to this long mythology that they've lost track of. And so they're constantly having to tell one another the story to remind themselves of how great they once were. And oh, wow. I don't think somebody's done that as a, a comic book or anything or an IP before. So when I've sat down and played it, the way that it always ends is with the characters being able to tell the story of what they just did and add that to this ever growing mythology. And I, I sort of like that as an idea that you could make into a movie or a comic book or something. So there are games like that in my retinue, as well as just silly games where you're trying to make a movie and you don't have enough money. Okay. Now, how many, what can we expect for, from you in the pipeline? Right now. Uh, well, know? the next thing I'm going to do, I'm launching a Kickstarter tomorrow, actually, for something called House of Keys. Oh, cool. Um, and so that's coming. I've got a game called Banshee that's coming. I've got um, something called Veil of Isis. I've got this game called Salt. Um, mm -hmm. I've got something called Fairview that's coming. That's actually almost done. Uh, and that's going to that's gonna be completely different from things that people have seen from me, too. So I'm not going to give too much of that away. Oh, but I'll, I'm going to be talking about it. I, I want to wait until it's done. Yes. Um, the text is being massaged right now and I have no art for it yet. So uh, I'm struggling to find somebody that I want for the project, but it will be, it will have a twi Twilight zone feel to it, but it, it won't, it won't play the way people are expecting. That's okay. all I can say. Man. <laughs> I, that's not even everything. That's just everything that I'm thinking of as we're talking. So, okay. um, I just I I just get ahead of myself and I start ordering art for mm -hmm. things before I'm ready. Uh, hey, and so it, it made this happen in thirty in thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have to um, I often have to finish these things simply because I'm invested in the artwork. I've already spent the money on the artwork. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it's a worthwhile investment. Right. Uh, I, I have I have something called uh, Revenants of Valor that's coming. I spent this is the most I've ever spent on art. I, uh, um, Stephen Prescott did the uh, art for me and it's, uh, it's all about these irredeemable fantasy characters trying to go out and redeem themselves with one last action, sort of a seven samurai kind of story, but they're all horrible people instead uh -huh. of being good people from the beginning. So this is their last chance to be valorous. Um, okay. and that'll be done with, a. uh, a modification of the praxis rules that I've already published, but it'll be, it'll be in two books. And so that's coming as well. All right. Now the one last canned question. All right. 
Let's go meta. What <laughs> question do you wish I would have asked you tonight? Um, wow, that's funny. I am, I, I don't really like talking about my personal life. That's always difficult for me. So I like talking about the work um, and the, the stuff that goes on. So I, I don't necessarily think there's a question I wish you'd asked. I think I, I just wish that we had kept the questions about the work. Oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. About no, 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 that's not your fault. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to be a, a jerk about it. that. That is just, I, I have this conversation a lot and I think, I think people get into the hobby because they want to be known as writers or they just want to get famous. And I just, I want to, my, I, when I leave, I don't, I want to be forgotten and I want the work to remain. I don't want anybody to try to pinpoint or figure out who I was and why I was doing what I was doing. Uh, and that in and of itself is be talking about myself. So that's really a catch 22. Um, but I've, I've always preferred talking about the work. And I think that comes from growing up reading dragon magazine and how they were always breaking down the theoretics of in the early days of dragon magazine, they were talking about what's the logic behind this. How do we make this, this there, you wouldn't have interviews with anybody. Gary would never appear in the magazine, right? Well, they just have well, articles no. and stuff. No, with his, his insurance adjustment mentality. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. it makes perfect sense that that's completely his personality style. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, I just want to take a brief moment to thank you very much, Jim, for taking the time yeah. that very short notice Absolutely. to talk with me this evening. I really appreciate it. And yeah, thank and you. Thank you. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.